Awesome. Well, God bless you guys. Guys, thanks for joining us today here at New Life Midtown. What a pleasure. What a great, great honor it is to gather together with you, to worship God together with you, and thank you again for being flexible. For those of you who have been a part of Midtown or Antioch or Freedom for quite some time, you know that's a muscle that we are very familiar with, exercising that muscle of prayer, intercession, and worship. For those of you who are new with us, um, you're, you're in for a great ride because I feel like the Lord's calling us into that space more and more. And it might mean that we adjust to other parts of our service so that we can be obedient and faithful to the assignments that God puts on us to pray when he needs us to pray in a more concentrated manner. So if you're new with us today, I want to greet you. Thanks for joining us here at New Life Midtown. My name is Jay Duncan. I'm the lead pastor here. We're one of eight New Life congregations all across the city. And what's beautiful is this morning at about six in the morning, one of our pastors at the East congregation texted me. He had read the news and he said, hey, I know this happened right next to Midtown and I want you to know I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying grace on you. Friends, we belong to a larger body and there's a lot of strength and there's a lot of grace and a lot of counsel and comfort in that. And I'm very, very grateful for that. If you are new with us today, I want to invite you to join us at our Welcome Center right here in this foyer when you came in. There's actually a little station there with people that can greet you and connect with you and maybe even help answer some questions that you might have as you're trying to discern, is this the place where God wants me to be um, in a local church? And there's people who would love to connect with you there. All right, friends, let's jump into the word. We're on the last installment of a series that we've been on in the book of 1 Timothy. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview of what's going to happen the next four weeks as we go into Christmas. And then I'm going to give you a preview of what's going to happen in 2023 as we prepare our way up to Easter. So for those of you who may not be familiar with the church calendar, next week is the first Sunday of Advent. And I'll explain for you what Advent is next week, but it's the four weeks that lead us um, up to preparing our hearts, leading us up to Christmas and the season of Christmas tide. So you'll hear more about the fact that Christmas is not just a day, and Christmas doesn't begin in the beginning of December, regardless of uh, all the sales that are happening as of two months ago and the release of all the Christmas flavors at Starbucks. Christmas um, begins on the 25th, and it extends 12 days into Christmas tide. But the season that precedes that is a season called Advent, and it's actually a season of preparation. It's a preparation that we enter into to prepare our hearts, just much like the people of Israel prepared their hearts for the first coming of Jesus. We step into that same spirit, and we step, in, step into that same expectation, and at the same time, we're also preparing our hearts for Jesus's second coming. So it's, it's an amazing time of slowing down, taking time, pausing, reflecting, and uh, repenting, and preparing our hearts for the arrival of our King. It's very, very meaningful, and I'm announcing this now because in years past, Advent's kind of kind of you know snuck up on us, and uh, we find we found ourselves just like sprinting through Advent when the spirit of Advent is to slow down and create space, meaningful space for God to connect with us and encounter us. So uh, you have seven days to prepare for the season of Advent. Uh, there will be uh, two services that we have for Christmas Eve, two o'clock and four o'clock here. And uh, the four o'clock only has ministry to children. And in between the two and the four, we're going to have a hot cocoa bar and Christmas cookies, and it's an incredible time of connection. So if you come to the two, you can stay a little bit later and connect. And if you want to come to the four, you can come a little bit earlier to connect. And that'll be like our third service space right there between the two and the four. Uh, there'll be no service on Christmas Day. We will have service on New Year's Day. Uh, same time, same place. And then probably about the second, maybe the third Sunday of January, we're going to start a new series on uh, the Sermon on the Mount. So uh, we're going to be in that for, geez, three months at least, taking us all the way to Easter. So we're going to walk slowly through the Beatitudes. We're going to walk slowly through um, those teachings that Jesus went through when he kind of inaugurated his kingdom ministry in the Sermon on the Mount. So that's a big preview for the next several months, and uh, pray that you guys will enter into that with me. I'm, I'm going to, for the sake of time, I'm going to be very quick 
because the type of message I have today is much different than last week's. It's going to be less teaching or less didactic. It's going to be a little bit more, hopefully, impartational and activational. And you'll understand what I mean about that in a second. I'm going to slim this down and probably hit about 20% of it because the landing pad for this really is a time of ministry. And so probably if, if, I, if I hit this rightly in about 15 or 20 minutes, um, I'm going to call the altar team up here, and I'm going to call the worship team back up. And uh, I want to try to activate this word with the laying on of hands and the speaking of blessings over your lives. So there's a lot of material that we could cover in the remainder of 1 Timothy and where I have felt led uh, to explore and to unpack for you is this concept of the ministry of laying on of hands and the ministry of prophecy that we see numerous times, both in First and Second Timothy. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm actually going to have our starting point be the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to let that set a foundation for why we're talking about these things and hopefully what this does is it awakens your hunger and your curiosity to say there's something here that I may not have heard about in my life in Christ or my journey in the faith, but there's something to lean into and lean into and explore. And I'm going to just kind of scrape the tip of the iceberg this morning. But look with me at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and let us be taking forward into maturity. Say maturity. Anybody want maturity in the house? Amen. I don't want to live as an elementary, immature believer. I, I want to move in God into maturity, uh, not just for the sake of saying I'm mature, but that's because that's what God has called me into. Part of the purpose of God in your life is for you to mature as sons and daughters of God and not to remain infants and toddlers in the faith. So this is what the author of Hebrews is saying. Let us not just sit or stay in the elementary teachings about Christ, but let us continue growing, being discipled in our character and being discipled into our Christ-likeness, moving forward into maturity. Watch this. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. So that's one of the elementary teachings of the faith, the teaching of repentance, part of what it means to be a believer is that we understand repentance. Number two, not laying again the foundation of faith in God. Number three, not laying again the instruction about cleansing rites, consecration, sanctification. But then look at this, not laying again the elementary teaching or the foundation of the laying on of hands. Now, isn't that curious? How many of you would say, oh yeah, Pastor Jade, I have a really, really strong foundation and a deep understanding of the theological and the spiritual significance of the laying on of hands. I've been taught that. I've been activated in that. I practice that. I understand what it is. I understand why I do it. I understand how to do it. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say, oh, yeah, that's me? Okay, a handful of people in the house. But you're not the majority. And I looked at that, and I said, there is something for us to knock on the door here because I would venture to say that there's not a lot of churches that are spending two to four to six weeks on this concept of what the Bible calls an elementary teaching. An elementary teaching. This is foundational for what it means to be a believer that we understand this concept called the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Now go with me to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. If you're new with us, one of the things that we established at the beginning of this series is that Paul is sending Timothy to the church at Ephesus for a very specific assignment, and it was an intimidating assignment. It was a little overwhelming because Timothy is young, Paul is the man who has come with signs and wonders and the preaching of the gospel with the power of the kingdom. The church is established in Ephesus, and yet... Over the course of time, there have been false elders and false teachers that have arisen in the church at Ephesus, and there's a lot of division, there's a lot of error, there's a lot of false doctrine, and Paul writes his young protege and says, hey, by the way, I need you to take care of my mess. <laughs> Timothy's like, great, thanks. And then what we find is that Paul mixes both of these letters with instructions to Timothy and encouragement to Timothy on how to walk out his assignment. And this is one of those verses, chapter 1, verse 18. Timothy, my son, 
I'm giving you this command. This is not a suggestion. Like I am telling you to correct the false teachers in the church of Ephesus. This verse connects with our primary foundational verse in verse 3. Timothy, I'm leaving you in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrine. Fast forward to verse 18. Why am I giving you this command? Verse 18 says, I'm giving you this command because it's actually in alignment with the prophecies that were made about you. So that by remembering these prophetic words, so that by rehearsing them, recalling them, uh, reactivating these prophetic words, you can gain strength for your assignment. Every single one of you have an assignment in God. Every single one of us has an assignment in God. Regardless of whether you know what it is, regardless of whether or not you like it or agree with it, every one of us, every day we wake up, there is an assignment in God. For the people that are in our proximity, you have an assignment. Your roommates, your co-workers, your neighbors, your friends, your marriage, your spouse, your children, your parents, your siblings, whoever is within your sphere of proximity, they are a part of the assignment of God in your life to mediate the goodness and the gospel and the grace of God. Part of your assignment is to mature as believers. You have assignments in prayer. You have assignments to continue to develop the skills that God has given to you so that the kingdom of God can be advanced through your life. And Timothy's specific assignment is, I'm sending you to grow into an apostle a spiritual overseer for the entire city of Ephesus. And yes, son, this is intimidating. However, remember that before you were ever called into ministry, that there were prophetic words that were given to you for this moment in your life. How many of you, you've, whether it be something that God has dropped into your heart, maybe you've been spending time alone with the Lord and you said, pull out your journal, there's something I want to share with you and you jotted something down, and it was for another time. Or you read a scripture, and the Lord just had you stay there for a little bit, and you realize, oh my God, this is for another time. And then you stepped into that time, and you could look back and go, oh my God, I could see you were preparing me then for what I needed now. How many of you have been in a service or in a worship set or in an altar ministry and someone came up to you and they spoke a word over your life and it didn't make sense in the moment, but you jotted it down or the Holy Spirit brought it back to your remembrance and then you found yourself in that time when you look back and you said, my goodness, there was a dream, there was a word, there was something that someone laid hands and they prayed something in me and over me and upon me and I'm in that moment for which they prayed over. You ever been in a situation like that? That's what Paul is addressing here with Timothy. Go with me to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping. I'm going to go back, but right now I'm going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14. It says, Timothy, do not neglect your gift. Don't neglect your gift. And if I had time to lean in on this, I would unpack the fact that every single one of you, not only having a calling, every one of us not only have an assignment, but you have been given gifts for your calling and for your assignment. And here's the beautiful thing. You were born with gifts from God. Now, I know we live in a a humanistic self-actualization culture that essentially says that Anything that you're good at is something that you've worked hard for and you've been diligent and you've pulled up your bootstraps and you've made it happen by yourself. But I'm here to announce to you that anything that just comes naturally, that is a form of a talent or a gift, yes, we must work at those things. But friend, that was a gift that was given to you. Some of you are amazing with numbers. Some of you are incredible with people. Some of you are naturals when it comes to creativity and art. Some of you, um, you work well with other cultures. Some of you are musical. Those are gifts that God has given to you, naturally speaking. But they're also spiritual gifts. And this is what Paul is referring to. Son, don't neglect your gift. Don't neglect your gift. Don't abandon it. Don't lay it down. Don't ignore it. Don't refuse it. Don't walk away from it. And then he says this, he gives some explanation here. This gift was given to you through what? Through prophecy. 
When? When the body of elders laid their hands on you. So there's some kind of spiritual dynamic. Now, I know I'm talking to a group of intellectuals, and, and you want to figure everything out, and we're in an age of enlightenment, and modernity has taken over, and you have to be able to rationalize everything intellectually. I'm just here to tell you that there is a dimension to our faith and our relationship and reality in God that you just cannot explain. How can you explain to me that when the body of elders laid their hands on me, something was put inside of me that I didn't have before that, and God gave them words, and they spoke those words over my life, and now it is a living substance in my spiritual arsenal. How did that happen? Explain that to me. I can't explain it to you. I'm just telling you it is a spiritual reality. Son, do not neglect the gift that was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So today, in just a couple of short minutes, I want to talk with you about the power of prophetic words coupled with the laying on of hands. Four things happen. I've got three on the screens, but there's actually four that happen in this combination of the laying on of hands and prophetic words. The first is this. There is impartation. There is impartation. What does impartation mean? It means that something was released or imparted or put into your life through... The spirit-led action of prophetic words. What's our, what are prophetic words? Very simply, they are words of God from God. Amen. They are words of God from God spoken to you through human vessels. So when I stand up here and I remind you of who you're called to be in the word, that is a form of prophetic activity. Friends, listen, my, my assignment, my agenda, my job is not just to kind of teach these, these tidbits and factoids in the scripture to arm you for Bible trivia games, right? Or to, have, or to have fascinating conversations. Part of my job in God is to say, this is what God is saying to you now for this moment of history through what was written thousands of years ago. He's highlighting this, this is for you and this is for now. And that is a part of the prophetic dimension of God. Friends, we don't, we don't serve a God, a deistic God. He didn't just wind the earth up and throw it out into the cosmos and walk away and hang out in some celestial hammock until everything falls apart. Right? God is actively involved and he has something that he wants to say to you every day. Every day and every moment of every day because he's a now active, dynamic, living, deeply involved God. That's who he is. And he has something that he wants to release into our lives. This is called impartation. The second thing that happens in the prophetic laying on of hands and the giving of prophetic words of God is not just impartation, but it's what I'm going to call affirmation. And that just means that God wants to affirm your identity. He wants to bless you. He wants to remind you. He wants to speak things over your life that when those things are spoken, they kind of like they put a strength inside of you. You ever had that happen? Someone reminds you of who you are and all of a sudden, like you were wanting to quit, you were wanting to give up, you were feeling discouraged, you were intimidated, you were frustrated and someone spoke a now word of God and it just put everything into perspective and it affirmed the call of God on your life and it affirmed who you're called to be in God and it just put a deep sense of conviction and strength in your life. That happens in the giving of prophetic words and the laying on of hands. And the third thing that happens is what I'm going to call ordination or confirmation, all right? So you're like, this says four, and you only gave me three. The second is called activation, and I was like, for the sake of time, I'm not going to talk about activation. But that just simply means this. There are things that are in you that are just, they're sleeping. They're they're sleeping. And sometimes you need to be reminded of a now word from God And you need to have someone in the body of Christ just lay hands by faith on you in an appropriate manner. And then what happens is, is those things, they start to ping again, right? They they, they start to move again. They start to get active. They get activated. And some of you in this room today, you need to be reactivated. 
You used to have a dynamic, powerful prayer life, and you set that down. Some of it was by circumstance. Some of it was by time. Some of it was by hurt. Some of it was by, and it doesn't really matter. But God is saying it's time to be reactivated again, all right, because there are other people that are dependent on you walking in your gift. Some of you have a God-given gift of faith. How many of you have a gift of faith? I want to see all my faith people in the house where you would say, oh, yeah, absolutely. If I need to pray for miracles, I need to pray for healing, I need to pray for an onslaught of finances, I need to pray for the miraculous. Yeah, I just believe that God can and he will do that. And it's like, it's like this crazy release of faith to believe God for the supernatural, right? And some of you have laid that down. You've not been walking in it. And I go on and on and on and on, gifts of leadership and gifts of prophecy and gifts of, there's so many gifts of administration. You need to pick those gifts back up and you need to let them be activated by the breath of God and by the fire of his spirit and walk in your gifts in the grace and in the spirit of God. Let me walk through a couple of these really quickly. I'm just going to hit maybe a verse or two from each one. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Those of you who are in the house, you know that I've been sitting in this verse for about six months. Activating this verse. Praying this verse. For this reason, son, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame. Pray over it. Pray over the gift of God. Speak over the gift of God. Don't apologize for your gift. Don't be sheepish about your gift. Don't flaunt your favor, right? But don't apologize for the gift of God in your life. Walk in your gift with confidence and humility. Walk in your gift in the grace of God because heaven touches earth through the convergence of your gift. When Abby's up here singing prophetic songs, I connect with God because she's operating in her gift. Are you hearing me today? Right? You have a gift to parent your children. You have a gift to go into the marketplace and to release the wisdom of God. You have a gift to procure and to generate wealth. You have a gift to walk in influence. Now, in the grace of God and in the humility of God, walk in your gift so that the kingdom of God can come to the earth through your life. Timothy, for this reason, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God that has been put inside of you when I laid my hands on you. Today, I'm going to ask our altar team to come up, and we're going to pray, and we're going to lay hands on you. And I, guys, I don't know why God chose to do it this way, but you go all the way back to the Old Testament and you will see the laying on of hands. In fact, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. Moses has been leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. He has been going through struggle and challenge after challenge. And then God tells him, it's time, Moses, for you to prepare your successor. And this is what happens here in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Why? Because Moses laid his hands on him. And friends, I can walk you through. Samuel laid his hands on David. Over and over and over again, you will find that there is this, there's this spiritual dimension that takes place where the point of contact The physical point of contact. See, we're not just spiritual beings, right? We are spirit, soul, and body, and they're all interconnected. And what amazes me is that New Age humanists understand this stuff better than Christians do. They understand that there there, there is a working between the physical and the spiritual dynamic, and that's why they're always trying to find that point of contact, whether it's crystals or whether it's, it doesn't matter, because they understand this is a spiritual principle that God has set forth in the earth. When you lay hands on somebody in God, something is happening in the spirit. Things are being released. And what you're full of, you release. Full of faith, full of grace, full of life, full of hope, full of love, full of strength, full of power. And Moses laid his hands on Joshua, and the Bible says that there is a spirit of wisdom that Moses imparted to him that Joshua needed 
to assume the mantle of leading millions of people. He was now, for all intents and purposes, he was the president of a new nation, and he needed wisdom. And Moses laid his hands on him, and the scripture tells us that because Moses laid his hands on him, the Israelites listened to him, and they did what the Lord commanded, and Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Go through the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. There's another component of the laying on of hands and the giving of prophetic words, and it's not just impartation, but it's affirmation. Every time you choose to use your words to bless and not curse, to build up and not tear down, you are affirming or agreeing with what God has spoken over someone's life. You will either reaffirm, listen to this, guys, you cannot miss this. You will either reaffirm what God is saying over someone or what the enemy is saying. You will either be speaking in agreement with what the father of lights is speaking over his sons and daughters, or you'll be speaking in agreement with what the advocate and the accuser, the devil, is speaking over his sons or, or, or people, humanity. Are you understanding what I just said there? Right? You cannot bless and curse out of the same mouth. So when you choose to get in God and you choose to release words of life, words of blessing, words of encouragement, words of strength, you are agreeing with what God is saying over your brothers and your sisters. We don't allow that trash in our house. Right? My children, they're not stupid. They're not mistakes. They're not, man, if there's any word, I get all over that stuff. Because what you're doing is your words are creating a belief system which will turn into a stronghold in the life of somebody. When you partner with the enemy, you're giving him access and authority and strength to create a belief system and a stronghold in their life that locks them into something. And this is why the power of blessing is so important. Listen, God, God spoke this over us when we were created. And I want you to imagine, man, the first thing that mankind gets before they're sent out into their destiny is they get a blessing. They get the word of God speaking blessing over them. They didn't earn it. They didn't accomplish anything. They hadn't done any great task or feat yet. And God says, I want you to know you were created in blessing. You were created out of blessing. And you were created to walk in the blessing of God. And God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, lead, govern, influence, walk in the beauty and the majesty of being my reflection in the earth. I bless you. I bless you. Favor on you. Be fruitful. There is a grace and a strength and a momentum on your life to fulfill your assignment because you're my sons and daughters and I bless you. How many remember that when Jesus came up out of the waters in baptism, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17 tells us this. The heavens opened up and a voice came from heaven and it says, this is my son who I love and in him I'm well pleased. You know what that was? That was a blessing of affirmation. And many of you know what happens after this, but not just a couple of verses later, the enemy shows up to Jesus and he says, well, if you really are the son of God, well, wait a minute, the voice of the father just affirmed my identity. Right? This is why it's so, friends, listen, it is so important. Get your speech in alignment with the word of God. Amen. And speak those things out loud over yourself. Speak them over your friends, over your coworkers, over your associates, over your spouse, over your children, over your siblings. Because you are, reinf- you are adding strength to what God is trying to do in the people that are around you. I imagine, I, I sat down with my children the other night. We were having a little time around the table and around the word. And I said, guys, I want you to imagine something. Because every time we drop them off or we gather together as a, you know, as a family, we try to do this. We take five minutes, maybe 10 if we have a left time. And we just, we, we, we read a psalm, we pray over them, we lay hands on them, we bless them, we send them into their day. And I said, guys, I want you to imagine daddy's rolling up to TCA and right before you get out the door, I say, man, you're a screw up. I want you to know today, there's, I don't even know why I'm sending you to school. I don't even know why you're trying. You're an idiot. You know what? I don't know why you have any friends. 
There's nothing, there's nothing good or likable about you. Like, and I just went on. I just started saying all these horrific things. And you could just, just see, like, they're getting all shifty in their chair, and they're like, ugh. And I said, guys, how does that make you feel? And they're like, this doesn't feel good. This feels uncomfortable. I said, exactly. So I want you to know this feels uncomfortable because from the moment you were born, you lived in an environment of nothing but blessing. And I want you to also understand that that reality of what I was saying, and I was being soft, that that is the reality that some children grow up in their entire lives. Right? Right? Friends, I want you to know you are commissioned to create environments of blessing with your words, with your words, with what you are releasing into atmospheres, with what you are releasing into mindsets, and with what you are releasing into the control center of the people that are in your life. What they believe about themselves is being influenced by what you say about them. And some of you are in this room and you've never heard a blessing. You've never had a blessing spoken over your life. Go through to Numbers chapter 6. And with that, I'm going to invite our altar team up. I'm going to invite our worship team up. I want to sing the song of blessing over you. Hallelujah. Friends, I want to, oh man. I want to lay hands on you guys today, and I want to speak words of life and words of goodness and words of kindness and words of destiny and words of identity and words of belovedness over your life. Impartation, activation, affirmation, confirmation of you stepping into assignments and stepping into your moment in history. Numbers chapter 6. This is from God. This is what God says. I want you to speak this, Moses. I want this to be the primary thing that is released over my children. Guys, listen to this. Like, like absorb this. He says, the Lord spoke to Moses. And we're going we're to pray first. You guys can set those elements down. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them. I, I think we're in the wrong verse here. We're going to go to Numbers chapter 6. I just realized I didn't put that in our notes. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. In other words, God is saying, I want this to be a regular thing. I want this to happen all the time, Moses. I want my community to grow up under the canopy of blessing. Verse 24, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you, protect you, deliver you, fight your battles for you. The Lord make his face shine on you. The other day, I was sitting with the Lord, and I felt like the Lord said this to me. He says, son, I want you to learn how to sit, sit in my smile. I want you to learn how to sit in my smile. How many of you know what that means? How many of you have ever looked lovingly and gazed affectionately on someone and either they didn't see it because they were too busy or they were uncomfortable with it so they, they couldn't lock eyes with you, right? It was like, or, or, or it was like, it's suspicious. Like, what, what? What are you smiling at? What, what, what? Why are you looking at me, right? And guys, listen, we laugh, but we do that. And then that same morning, I sat there. This is hilarious. Christy was getting ready for to get, you know, she's cooking and getting things ready. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just looking at her. And she doesn't see one moment of it. And, it's not, and I'm just like, this is, this is me in the Lord, right? Sit in my smile. Lock eyes with me. Capture it. Capture my gaze. No, notice that the Father smiles over you lovingly and tenderly and affectionately. The Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now, listen to this. This blessing is on your life. This, this, this is your reality in God. And you say, well, this, this is not my reality in life right now. Well, you have to learn how to pull your reality into the reality of God. Amen. You have to learn to say, that, that this, is, this is the greater reality. The blessing of God is my reality. Everything else is the matrix. Right? Everything else is a counterfeit. 
And so this is part of, this is part of living in, in spiritual truth and spiritual reality is saying, no, I have faith that the Lord has blessed me and I receive it and I walk in it. I have faith that the Lord is keeping me and I receive it and I walk in it. I have faith that he is smiling over me. I have faith that he is speaking lovingly and tenderly over me. I have faith that he is gracious towards me and I receive it and I walk in it. I have faith that he is looking on me and his countenance is shining on me. And favor is the radiate, it's, it's the goodness of God radiating off of my life. Do you know what the blessing is? It's very simply this. He ends the prayer. Look at verse 27. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. You know what the blessing is? The blessing is God's name resting on your life. It's his name. It's his goodness. It's its favor. It's his provision. Just resting. That when you step into an environment, the name of God is on you. And everything, everything that his name entails. Friends, would you stand with me this morning? I can think of no better way to kind of wrap up this moment than for us to sing the song that we're about to sing and to sing it by faith, right? And while we're singing this, here's what I'm going to ask. Number one, participate with it, receive it, speak it, sing it by faith over your life. And then at any given moment, as we're singing this song, if you want someone to pray over your life, if you need hands to be laid on you, I want you just to come on up here. We have, we have a group right here, right here, right here, over here. If there's too many, Christian might, might jump in this, slap some blessings on some people, right? We'll take this up to the table. We'll continue prayer ministry after the table. But this, this is the target of the morning, that the blessing of God is, it is imparted to you, that your gifts are activated, and that the affirmation of the voice of God in your life is spoken and released. Amen. We just throw your hands up real high to the Lord right now. Oh. Thank you that you're a God who blesses us. Thank you that you've released blessing over our lives, oh God. That we were formed for purpose and destiny, God. We weren't accidents or throwaways. That we are beloved sons and daughters that you look tenderly and affectionately over us, that you smile over us, that you turn towards us. Guys, receive that deep into your spirit today, that you give us gifts and resources for our assignment in the earth, oh God. Oh, forgive us for neglecting those gifts. Forgive us for not utilizing those gifts. But God, today, let gifts be activated afresh. Let gifts of the Spirit be imparted deep inside of our spiritual DNA today. Oh, God, let prayer languages be released. Let gifts of faith be released. God, let gifts of leadership and gifts of creativity and gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues and gifts of healing and administration, God, gifts of music, gifts of worship, gifts of revelation, let them be released in this house today, God. God, we're desirous of the gifts of your spirit so that your kingdom can come and operate in our lives today. Lord, we create an atmosphere right now. We create an atmosphere right now where your spirit can move in and through body ministry right now in the next few minutes. Come, Holy Spirit of God, hover over us. Hover over us, Holy Spirit. Break chains off of us. Break years of word curses off of us. Break years of cycles of shame and depression and rejection off of us, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, water level of your spirit, rise in this place today in the name of Jesus. Oh, let's sing this together by faith.
help here. So Seth and Rachel, if, if you can, if you'll just come up here, Seth and Sarah. Seth, I didn't see you, Sarah. Come up here. We got some spaces up here. Marty, if you'll come up here, man. Just find you an open space right here, guys. Friends, just stretch forth your hands, too, towards these people that are receiving ministry today. Thank you, Jesus. We release grace, God, today. We release grace. We release blessing. Mike and Kim, come on up here. Find you a spot if you could. If you guys are in line, there, there's some that are open up over here as well. Guys, God is at at work in this space right now, oh, Spirit of the living God, would you release right now? I'm just sensing in my spirit right now, I'm asking that God would release something into the lives of these people that are literally gonna change the track that they're on. It's gonna set them on an entirely new track. It's like the picture in my mind is, the picture in my mind is a, is a train track and then when they hit that lever, it turns. And that's happening for some people right now in this space. And God, we say yes, let it be right now. Lord, right now, just, just change that direction of the trajectory of their lives. Like they're going in one direction and the entire direction of their journey, their marriage, their finances, their health, God, it just, it changes right now. We release that, we pray that. God, we break shame and every lie of the enemy, every cycle of sin. God, we pray that it would be broken off right now of their lives in the name of Jesus. Years of rejection, years of addiction, years of bondage right now in this space that it's broken, it's lifted off that something connects God. Revelation connects God. Dots are connected. Eyes are opened in the name of Jesus. Friends, if you can pray in the spirit, I'm asking you to pray in the spirit right now in this room. we say that for the next thousand generations Lord for the next thousand generations we release goodness we release favor we release prosperity we release flourishing we release marriages that remain married God in the name of Jesus we release health and healing favor financially God, for the next thousand generations, it touches our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, even to the third and fourth and fifth and sixth generations, God. In the name of Jesus.
Bring, bring that down just a tad for me, if you would, Seth. Hey, friends, let, I want you to hear something really quickly. There are some of you in your lives right now that there have been patterns that have been in your family, like going back three, four, five, six, patterns of divorce, patterns of alcoholism, patterns of poverty and being in debt, like even down into the physical body, like, oh, my, you know, my grandparents had diabetes and my parents had diabetes. I'm talking about even things that touch the physical blood. And I want you to agree with me today that those things that have existed in your family line for, for decades, I'm, I am praying today that those things would be broken off of your life in the name of Jesus. And that a new bloodline under the blood of Jesus, that a new bloodline of health and healing and that a new bloodline of favor and grace, and that a new bloodline of fidelity, no more divorce, no more infidelity, no more broken relationships, no more premature deaths in your family bloodline in the name of Jesus, no more certain proclivities and bends towards certain types of sin, sexual sins and perversion. I'm praying today and I'm asking that you agree that according to the blessing of God and because of what Christ did on the cross, that those things are broken off of your lives in the name of Jesus and that a new trajectory begin in your life. And friends, like hold on to that, choose to receive that. All right, so here as ministry is gonna continue, and I'm actually, I'm gonna go ahead and just bless the service and end the service. We have kids that you guys need to pick up. Some of you still wanna receive ministry. Worship team, if you can stay, that'd be wonderful. If you can't, Seth, stay. Listen, if you're waiting to receive ministry, I will stay here until the last person leaves the door. But I'm asking right now that you just like, if you're gonna talk and chatter, take that outside, get your kids quickly, and let's just let this ministry go as long as it needs to go. The last thing I want to say here at that completely pulling us out of this space is bring a pie next week. And let's hang out and eat pie together. God bless you. I love you. Have a great Thanksgiving. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine on you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.